13. Leviticus chapter 13. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we can gather here, that we can, Lord, open up your word and be refreshed. Our hearts can be warned, exerted, exhorted, and encouraged. And Father, I pray, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do that very thing in our lives this evening. Amen. Okay, so Leviticus, the last couple of chapters after uh, the beginning chapters of Leviticus, the subject were the different offerings and also the introduction and inauguration of the Levitical priesthood. Uh, The last couple of chapters were on diet and um, also laws relating to childbirth. The general subject is holiness, separation. Um, They are a separate people. So are we in Christ. Um, Tonight we're going to spend um, a lot of time on the subject of leprosy tonight. And uh, it was a big deal uh, then, leprosy. And the word uh, for leprosy in this chapter and in the next chapter uh, covers not only we know what we know today as Hansen's disease, uh, but also a number of other diseases that manifest themselves through sores on the body. And so, again, um, the nation of Israel throughout history was a, a nation that was preserved health-wise and, of course, otherwise many of them relating back to um, this, uh, this uh, the reason for the, the, the nation of Israel sustaining itself from a health perspective uh, were many of these laws that were put in place. And so uh, leprosy referred to uh, many times in the New Testament uh, you may go out in the street and people who have not been churched, they don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about leprosy. But we know it as New Testament uh, believers um, because of Jesus healing lepers. Now, leprosy throughout the Bible, and as we are going through these chapters, um, is a picture, a representation of sin. For one thing, sin, uh, leprosy rather, is not healed. You cannot heal leprosy. Even today, Hansen's disease, it can be arrested through certain medication. It can't be healed. It must be cleansed. It must be cleansed. And, and the Bible, when it, um, the same thing with uh, sin. Sin uh, must be cleansed by the Lord. In the uh, book of First uh, Corinthians. Uh, Corinthians um, it, it it lists out a number of different sins. Who um, with um, if if Paul's point there in First Corinthians six is if 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 a man or woman pr- 
lives a life practicing these things and feels like they can continue them, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers. But then he says, but such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. In the book of Titus chapter 3. It says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. We must, we must be cleansed of sin. First John, very familiar verses, First John uh, 1 John 1.7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all Sin. Sin must be cleansed. It can't be healed. Um, it can only be cleansed by a, a, the washing and regeneration of the Spirit of God. And so, uh, with that, let's get into this. It says in chapter uh, 13, Moses speaking to Aaron. Aaron has been installed as the priest, the high priest of Israel. Verse 2, it says, when a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons, the priests. And the priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body. And if the hair on the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be deeper than skin of his body, it is a leprous sore. The priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. Now this is a, a, characteristic, a characteristic of leprosy, also of sin. Sin is also deeper than the skin. And, and it, uh, 13 times uh, in these uh, two uh, chapters, there's this idea of, of leprosy being deeper uh, than the sin. Same thing with the sin nature. Uh, usually uh, sinful synth- symptoms, they go much deeper. And it's just not, it's not a, a surface problem. It's, it's much deeper than that. Jeremiah 79 says, the heart is deceitful beyond all things and desperately wicked. And so many times what we may see on the sur- uh, surface, even something as, as, as wicked as adultery. You know, I had never personally known um, a pastor fall into adultery. I've been a, a Christian now um, for 30 years. I had never known a pastor, and I've known, really met and known hundreds of them, to fall into adultery until three years ago. And then just about six months ago, I knew another pastor fall into adultery. But what became really evident as you began um, examining what happened was that adultery wasn't the issue. It was pride. It was a much deeper issue. Pride led them to sexual sin. And that's the nature of sin. And, 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 and it's, it's like this um, with, uh, with adultery, uh, rather with leprosy um, as well. Uh, it's, it goes deeper than 
the skin. Verse 4 says, but if the bright spot is white on the skin of the body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin, and its hair is not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore seven days. In other words, they don't, leprosy was at the time uh, infectious, it was, it could spread, contagious, and there was um, a danger. They didn't want to just say, well, I don't know, it doesn't look like this is leprosy. So they isolated for seven days to see what would happen with the sore. Verse 5, and the priest shall examine him on the seventh day, and indeed if the sore appears to be as it was, and the sore is not spread, on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him another seven days, then the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day, and indeed if the sore has faded and the sore is not spread on the skin, then the uh, priest shall pronounce him clean, it is only a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But, verse 7, if the scab should at all spread over the skin, and he has been seen by the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen by the priest again. And if the priest sees that the scab is indeed spread uh, on the skin, uh, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. And this is the same case with sin. Uh, Sin uh, spreads. And it many times... Um, a man or woman will try to compartmentalize sin under the deception that it's uh, not going to spread. In my private life, I, I, you know, I look at porn, but it's okay because I'm just going to keep that under control in the rest of my life. I'm just going to be honest, you know, at work, and I'm going to treat people well and be gentle and loving with them. No, it doesn't happen like that. Sin spreads. I'm just going to lie on my taxes and no other part of my life. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. You, 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 the, uh, sin, sin spreads. <laughs> you know, it amazes me, as someone who travels a lot, how many Christians are willing to sign on their customs form coming into the country that they have no food, even though they got food where they traveled. But for some reason, it's okay. Well, you can't just say, well, I just have this little part of my life, you know, at the customs department. I lie there. But I'm not going to lie anywhere else. Nonsense. Sin spreads. the, the, The issue, people ask me sometime about cancer. <laughs> about smoking. Smoking may lead to cancer, but they ask about smoking. Is smoking a sin? Look, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna get the arguments um, over this. But this, I will say: if you are a chain smoker, that is bondage, because every time the flesh says yes, you uh, uh, says, "Come on, satisfy me." You say, "Okay." And I, I've seen chain smokers try to compartmentalize. This is just part of my life. But if they say yes to the flesh every time there, believe me, that's going to spread to other parts of their life. And that's why, look, there's grace. And sometimes, look, it takes uh, Christians years to, 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 to get over that. And there's, there's, there's grace for that. And we need to be patient, patient with that. Because there's errors of, of my life and others that, you know, it takes more time. But don't be deceived. Sin spreads. And so um, that, uh, we see that uh, happening 
here with leprosy. It says in verse 9, when the leprosor is on a person, when, uh, then he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the swelling on the skin is white, and it has turned the hair white, and there is a spot of raw flesh in the swelling, it is an old leprosy on the skin of his body. The priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. And Look, we don't have to look at this anymore. We know this is leprosy. He's unclean. We're not going to have an, uh, a seven-day isolation period. No, there's, uh, as we'll see later, there's a, per- there's a more permanent isolation period. Verse 12, and if the leprosy breaks out all over the skin and the leprosy covers all the skin of the son of the one who has a sore from head to his foot, Wherever the priest looks, then the priest shall consider, and indeed, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him clean, who has the sore. It is all turned white. He is clean. Now, what in the world is that about? Is there leprosy is all over the body? And he's white all over the body? Well, there was a kind of leprosy. I understand it's called white leprosy or dry tetter. And... Uh, it doesn't break out into open sores, but there's sort of a white flaky thing all over the body, and um, that is not contagious uh, leprosy. And so they're pronounced clean here. Verse 14, but when raw flesh appears, that was the problem, open sores. By the way, it's not only, again, not only leprosy, but there, there, there was other things. There's other, I believe, uh, you know, something like smallpox, other things open sores where it is, uh, it's, it's, it's contagious. He shall be unclean. Verse 15, and the priest shall examine the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean for the raw flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh changes and turns white again, he shall uh, come to the priest and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the sore is uh, turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean and uh, who has the sore. He is clean. If the body develops, so, so that's, that's going to get into, into boils. But yes, leprosy, this, um, this parallel in, in, in the Bible uh, to, to, to sin. Many times when folks had leprosy, they did not know it until a finger fell off or a toe fell off or, or something like that. And why would that ever happen? I mean, how could that possibly be the case? Well, the reason is, is leprosy attacks the nerves, kills them. So if a leper cut, gets a small cut on the finger... Or the, or the toe, they, they don't feel anything because the nerves are affected and, um, and so the wound will become infected and there's no pain. Eventually gangrene sets in and, and, and the finger or toe can just fall off. And, you know, it, it is the same thing with sin. You know, it, it, it attacks the conscience. It deadens it. Once you sin once, you feel bad. You sin twice, a little less bad. Uh, you've sinned three times, a little less bad, until eventually you, you're just hardened in that area. But then all of a sudden, one day, your marriage falls apart or ends. Your job is gone. Your health gone. Finances, whatever. It's, it's the same thing. Leprosy. A type of sin. A picture of sin in the Bible. Okay, verse 18. If the body develops a boil on the skin... 
and it is healed. And in the place of the boil, there comes a white swelling or a bright spot, reddish white. Then it shall be shown to the priest. And if, when the priest sees it, it indeed appears deeper than the skin and its hair has turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore which has broken out of the boil. But if the priest examines it, and indeed there are no white hairs in it, and it is not deeper than the skin, there it goes again, deeper than the skin, deeper than the skin, deeper than, just like sin, it's deeper than whatever the surface symptoms are, then the priest shall isolate him seven days. And if um, it should all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot, a bright spot stays in one place and is not spread, it is the scar of the boil, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. Or for the body, is, uh, verse 24, receives a burner on its skin by fire, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish white or white, then the priest shall examine it, and indeed if the hair of the bright spot has turned white and it appears deeper than the skin, there it goes again, it is a leprosy broken out in the burn. Uh, in the burn. And so as I understand it, um, where there's a sore, for example, where there was a, uh, a burn, it was a more vulnerable place for a leper spot to appear. And that is, um, you know, that's why things like boils and, and, and open sores from burns uh, are addressed here. Because as soon as there's an open sore, that's a place that a leprosy could, um, could appear. Now, very interesting parallel with with sin, and, and, and sin often appears on an open wound from the past. You were betrayed in a relationship, adultery, or, or, or something like that. Or um, maybe you were sexually abused. Oftentimes, Sin will attach to that, and a person will justify sin because of something that happened in the past. Many times in counseling, these kind of outward behaviors, as you probe deeper, there's a wound there. And so we see the, um, see the parallel continue. Verse 27 Actually, let's just go to uh, verse 29. If a man or woman has a, has a sore on the head or on the, on the beard, then the priest shall examine the sword. Indeed, if it appears deeper than the skin and, and there is in it thin yellow hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scaly leprosy of the head or beard. But if the priest examines the scaly sore, and indeed it does not appear deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the sore, and indeed if the scale has not spread, and there's no yellow hair in it, and the scale does not appear deeper than the skin, he shall shave himself, but the scale he shall not shave. So there's, a, there's a sort of a cleansing going on here. 
And the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale another seven days. And on the seventh day, the, the, the priest shall examine the scale. Indeed, if the scale has not spread over the skin, it does not appear deeper than the skin. There it goes. That word, your sin, don't be deceived. Those sin symptoms you may have, it's deeper than you may think. Then the priest shall uh, pronounce him clean. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale should at all spread over the skin after its cleansing, then the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the scale has spread over the skin, the priest need not seek for yellow hair. He is unclean. But if the scale appears to be at a standstill, and there's a black hair grown up in it, the scale has healed, he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. But if a man, a woman has a bright spot on the skin of the body, specifically white bright spots, then the priest shall look, and indeed if the bright spots on the the skin of the body are all dull white, it is a white spot that grows on the skin, he is clean. Now, for bald men everywhere, um, these are their, this is one of their favorite verses in the Bible. Verse 40, as for the man who, whose hair has fallen from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. Okay? So take heart, um, Matt. <laughs> take heart, Matt. <laughs> now, for those who have receding hairlines everywhere throughout the world, the next verse is their favorite verse. If there is on the bald head or bald forehead, oh, oh, wait, wait, no, 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 verse 41. He whose hair has fallen from his forehead, he is bald on the forehead, but he is clean. All right, so we've gotten that out of the way. Verse 42. And if there is an is on the bald head or bald forehead, a reddish white sword, his leprosy breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine him. Indeed, if the swelling of the sore is reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead as the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the body, he's a leprous man. He is unclean. The, the priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His sore is on his head. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn, and his head bare, and, in, and shall cover his mustache and, and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. So once someone has been pronounced unclean of leprosy, a couple of things happen. One, he's pronounced a leper, he's pronounced unclean, and then he goes from place to place, you know, saying he's unclean. You can read up, you can read up on some of the stories of lepers, and it's really a tragedy of uh, what happened to, to someone with leprosy. And, I mean, people would throw stones at them, and... Uh, they were truly, truly, truly outcasts. It was, it was their identity. And uh, I think of Naaman, Second uh, Kings chapter five. It's one of my favorite um, chapters to teach on. Naaman. It says of Naaman, the king, uh, the commander of the king of Syria. It says this: He was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. 
That's sad. And same in the area of sin. If, if, if some kind of sin takes over your life, maybe it's anger, fits of rage. Man, you can be a very gifted man or woman. But it, it, sin unchecked, unrepented of, it'll just become your identity. Someone's given over to alcohol. Very gifted, maybe, in their life. Very gifted in their work. Very hard worker, whatever. What's very sad is that all that will be overlooked. So he's a, he's a great worker, he has a great attitude, but he's an alcoholic. Same thing. Other thing interesting um, about sin, again, throughout the Bible, leprosy, a picture of sin, it isolates just as in verse 46. It says, all the days of his leprosy, he shall be unclean and he will dwell alone. His dwelling place shall be outside the camp. Sin does the same thing. It isolates. So oftentimes when a person starts some sin in their life, you know, all of a sudden they're not at church every week, it's once a month, and then it's once every other month. And, and, and then what happens over time, they're completely outside the community of God and they're just with other like-minded sinners. It's like lepers would be in a leper colony. And there's been complete isolation. Now sort of from the... There's another parallel here and that just deals with church discipline. You know, it's a, it's a hard subject to talk about. But the Bible does say in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says to the Corinthian church, I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolatry, a reviler, a drunkard, an extortioner. Now he makes it very clear. I don't mean, the previous verse, I don't mean sexually immoral, covetous, fornicators, idolatry people in the world because you'd have to leave the world because they're everywhere. I'm talking about someone named a brother or sister. If they are sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, or extortioner, it says expel that person. Now at Calvary Chapel we work with people who are Christians who come in here and, and, and they're in serious sin and they're in, uh, and uh, they're, they're, they're struggling with something but if it becomes apparent that they have no intention whatsoever. There's no brokenness in their life. They have no intention whatsoever of giving up uh, these kind of sins that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Divisiveness is another one, by the way. We ask them to leave. For once or twice a year, uh, this, something like this happens. And... Um, you know, it, unfortunately, church discipline doesn't happen much anymore, but that's why churches in so many places are so weak. Why? What happens to leprosy in this time? 
if they were just allowed in the community. Well, the, the whole community is at risk. And one thing that we have learned from an unrepentant sinner is that they become an evangelist for their sin. They, they want to drag others down in the church. And you know what you do when that happens? You ask them to leave. And so with, and, and, and the wonderful thing about 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is what happens. They're actually talking about a specific case there. And what happened? The guy was restored into the, to the church at a later time. Praise the Lord. You, anytime you remove someone, it is for the purpose of their restoration to the body of Christ. And so, um, but some of these things, they're hard. And, uh, but the parallel to sin is striking here. Verse 47, if a garment has a leprous plague in it, whether it is a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it is in the warp or the woof of lim- linen or wool, the, the warp or the, 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 the what? The warp or woof. Now, never say you don't learn like lots of new things here at Calvary Chapel because I am just about to tell you what the warp and the woof is. The warp in fabric, is the threads that run lengthwise. The woof are the threads that run across. It's like the cross for fabric thing. So now you know. So whether the um, leprosy is in the warp or the woof, whether it's in leather or anything made of leather, and if the plague is greenish or reddish or in the garment or in the leather, whether uh, in the warp or in the woof, or in anything made of leather, it is a leprous plague and shall be shown to the priests. So it could be that this may be talking about, it's unclear, you look at actually the next, these verses and the next number of verses, commentators are unclear exactly what this is. Is this mildew or something like that? Or it's, um, it, it, uh, apparently it is possible for some of the residue of certain um, sore, open sores to, to get enclosed. But a little later on, it, 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 um, it refers to spreading and there's different conjectures to what it is. It's not clear, but at the time there was something going on there which everyone was well familiar with that was dangerous to the community and dangerous to the health of the, um, um, of the community. And it says that, let's just go to verse uh, 50, the priest shall examine the plague and isolate it with uh, seven days, and he shall examine the plague on the seventh day. If the plague has spread in the garment, either in the warp or the woof, in the leather or anything made of leather, the plague is an active leprosy. Again, keep in mind, it's a broad term here. It is unclean. He shall therefore burn that garment in which is the plague, whether warp or woof or wool or linen or anything of leather, for it is an act of leprosy. The garment shall be burned in the fire. But if the priest examines it, and indeed the plague is not spread in the garment, either in the warp or the woof or in anything made of leather, then the priest shall command that they wash the thing in which is the plague, and, the, and he shall isolate another seven days. Then the priest shall examine the plague after it is washed, and indeed, if the plague has not changed its color, though the plague has not spread, it is unclean, and you shall burn it in fire. It continues eating away, whether the damage is outside or inside. And so the, the command here to put 
put the garment in the fire, in the parallel to, to sin. Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. A reference to how vigorous we should be and how seriously we should take sin in our lives. And, and, and you know, sometimes major surgery is needed. From time to time we're in counseling and we'll see a situation. And it'll be very clear. This is not Band-Aid time. This is major. This is surgery. This is a scalpel. And it's going to be real painful. And unless there's real, real adjustments and changes to the lives before us, we know full well, ain't nothing going to happen <laughs> to those lives. They're going to continue on with their leprosy. Spreading, continually wreaking damage in their life. And so the principle here, yeah, there's sin in your life. Throw it in the fire. <laughs> you know, deal with it. Flee. Paul says to Timothy. Verse 56, if the priest examines it, indeed the plague has faded after washing it, and then he shall uh, tear it out of the garment, whether um, out of the warp or the woof or out of the leather, if it appears again in the garment, whether in the warp or the woof or in anything made of leather, it is a spreading plague. You shall burn it with fire that is in which is the plague. And if you wash the garment, either the warp or the woof, or whatever is made of leather, if the plague has disappeared from it, then it shall be washed a second time, and it shall be clean. You know, it, obviously this was not a... They were not living in a time, the, the days of Walmart, where there's just mass production of garments. And you can pick up 10 t-shirts for $27.34. It doesn't happen then. Garments were precious. Many people just had a garment. One garment. One set of garments. So that's why they didn't just toss this stuff. Um, but, or before it was sewn in the pl- uh, into the fire. Uh, the, you have this long process here. Verse 59. This is the law of the leprous plague in a garment of wool or linen, either in the warp or the woof, or in anything made of leather, to pronounce it clean or pronounce it unclean. Chapter 14. Really interesting set of verses. Here for seven verses. So this is... Um, what happens when a person who actually has leprosy is cleansed? What are they supposed to do? Verse 1 says, Then the law, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the, plea, to the priest. In other words, if the leper is cleansed, And there's no way that can ever happen unless it's miraculous healing. (laughs) Sorry, miraculous cleansing. If a leper is cleansed, he shall be brought to the priest. And the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. It's an odd thing, huh? 
They stick a bird in an earthen vessel in a jar or something like that. A clay, a little clay pot, they stick a bird in it and kill it in there. Overrunning water. And for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and, and the hyssop, dip them in the living bird and the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. all appears to be a picture of Christ. The first bird killed in the earth and vessel, a very mysterious, strange picture there. Well, what's one of the biggest stumbling blocks to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? that Jesus is God. And you kind of don't blame people for thinking, for having a hard time believing that because God in a human body? But here you have this picture, this foreshadowing, this bird and this in this vessel. And we've seen birds involved, in, in fact we will later on in this chapter, in many different sacrifices, but they're not in a little clay vessel. Jesus came in a human body. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1. The allusions here to the cedarwood, the scarlet, hyssop. Could it be the wood represents the cross, scarlet, the blood? There's certainly the, the blood that was running off. The blood and water is mixed though. If you remember in the book of John, I believe it's the book of John, when a, 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 a spear is put right below Jesus' heart and blood and water come out sponge of water, uh, rather a sponge of, of, of vinegar was lifted up to Jesus. It was lifted up by a hyssop plant, and here you see the hyssop here involved in this ritual. First bird here killed symbolizes the death on the cross for our sin. The second bird, Jesus' ascension into heaven, his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. But there's this incredible picture there of liberty, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I just quoted this verse this morning. I'm speaking to someone. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried with Jesus through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There's that, just that picture, and it really is, there's, it is a freedom, 
That picture of that bird ascending is a freedom. Yes, that was represented in the ascension of Jesus into heaven, but also it's the resurrection life. Been saved from death. Now, one of the most interesting things is there's no record of any priest ever implementing these things. At least, certainly, for a a leper who had a form of what we call today Hansen's disease. But yet, what did Jesus do when he cleansed the leper? John chapter... Eight, right after the Sermon of the Mount. Incredible picture, by the way. He comes down from the mountain and it says that um, a man approached him was, I believe in the book of Mark, the parallel verse, it says he was covered in leprosy. And he just comes up to Jesus and approaches them after preaching, teaching the most famous sermon in the history of the world. This is where it's like real life. This is what I love about this picture. It's like real life. Particularly for me as someone who teaches, man, I I get out of the pulpit. I need to live this stuff. And this leper approaches him, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Jesus said, I'm willing. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, see... Uh, that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So this is why you see later on that the priests do not dispute the miracles that Jesus did. They just don't dispute it. Now, the same thing in the book of Acts. Now, amazingly, they reject him anyway, Remember, belief is a choice. We've been over that on Sunday morning recently. But there's something almost humorous here with these lepers being cleansed by Jesus one after another. Now go to the priest. It's like the first one shows up. You what? You are a leper? And you want to go through the the ritual commanded in the law of Moses, there's no record of anyone ever having done that, but then just digging up this this chapter, chapter 14 of Leviticus, and going through this remarkable ritual, all of which pointed to Christ. And Jesus said to the leper in Matthew chapter 8, as a testimony to those priests. So they they would actually be going through the ceremony which was pointing to the Lord. Encouraging, encouraging to me. But also in um, verse 9 it says, But on the seventh day he shall shave all the hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows, all his hair he shall uh, shave off. Jesus, he left off that point. That guy had to do that Matthew 8. He shall wash his clothes and wash his body in water and he shall be clean. And and just a, a wonderful picture of a fresh start. It's amazing. 
confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. A fresh start any time we go to the Lord. Broken, confessing our sin. There's that fresh start. There's that uh, there's that that that, um, that white piece of paper that's not all marked up. with our sin. It's a fresh start and you see that here in this verse. But it continues, and on the eighth day he shall make two male lambs without blemish. So this is a big deal. You know, a a leper being cleansed, miraculously cleansed. So he goes through this um, ritual with the two birds and then and uh, then his body is washed and then verse 10, the eighth day he shall make two lambs without blemish one ewe lamb uh, of the first year without blemish, three-tenths of an ephah of, of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. Remember what the grain offering was? It's that offering of thanksgiving. We learned that from earlier on in Leviticus. And one log of oil. Chapter 14 of Leviticus, verse 11. Then the priest who makes him clean shall present the man who is to be clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. The priest shall take one male lamb and offer it as a trespass offering and the, and the log of oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then he shall kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burn offering in a holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. Uh, then the priest, and we've seen this in the consecration of the priest. We've seen a, seen a similar ritual as we're about to read here in verse 14. Shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand on the big toe of his right foot. And so we saw a similar thing with the priest. What does this represent? It means just a consecrated, dedicated life to the Lord. We're not cleansed of our sin and forgiven just so we can go out and be fat, happy, and blessed. Our sin is cleansed and we are forgiven for us to go out and live a consecrated life living and walking in the grace of God. And so regardless of what our hands may have done in the past, in the past well that blood is on the hand. Whatever, whatever kind of sin our feet may have run into in the past, well the blood was put on the feet, whatever garbage we may have put into our ears in the past. It's not going to disqualify us from any ministry or serving the Lord because the blood of Jesus cleanses it. And that's what this represents. The blood, a, piece, a little bit of the blood going on the ear as well. But we not only need our sins forgiven in order to walk and serve the Lord What else do we need? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and even baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that's what he gets into next for the cleansed leper, all a picture of sin, and the cleansing, all a picture of salvation. Verse 15, and the priest shall take some of the log of oil, pour it into the palm of his own left hand. The priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. The rest of the oil, oil representing in the Bible the Holy Spirit, in his hand, the priest shall put some on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed uh, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot on the blood of the trespass offering. So, you know, we may have been forgiven for what our feet rushed into. We may have been forgiven what we put our hands to. We may have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus what we let it into the ear. But if we're really going to serve the Lord, man, do we need the Holy Spirit to guide us of what our feet is getting, uh, what we're walking into, or our hands are being put on, or what we're letting come into our ears. Man, do we need the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not satisfy the lust of your flesh, it says in in Galatians. In verse 18, I believe a reference here to the actual baptism of the Holy Spirit. The rest of all the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. Then the priest shall offer the sin offering and make atonement for him who is cleansed from his uncleanness. Afterward he shall kill the burnt offering and the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. So the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be clean. But if it, So that verse 21, it, it'll get into the offering for the poor as we've already seen. The book of Leviticus He didn't own a lamb or a goat or these kind of things in Leviticus. There was a plan for you, God, not a respecter of persons. If the poor cannot afford it, meaning the lamb, then he shall take one male, rather, if he can't afford all that was mentioned beforehand, then he shall take one male lamb as a trespass offering to to be waived to make atonement for him, one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour, mixed with it a grain offering, uh, a log of oil, and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, such as he is able to afford. One shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering. So the poor had uh, something that was not as expensive that they offered. Then verses 23 through 31, the same rituals repeated over of the priest taking the blood uh, and putting it on the, the ear, the hand, the toe, and same thing with the oil. Let's pick up in verse 32. Uh, this is the law for one who had a leprosore, who cannot afford the usual cleansing. In verse 33, it's it's going from, we've already read about the leprosy or mildew, this type of thing on the body, on the clothes. In verse 33, it's going to get into the home. 
It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you have come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, I put the leprous plague in a house in the a land of your possession. And he who owns the house comes and tells the priest, saying, It seems to me that there's some plague in the house, and the priest shall uh, command that they empty the house before the priest goes in to examine the plague. That word examine, used over and over again in these chapters. Examine, 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 examine. For we take communion. What does it say? First Corinthians chapter eleven. Let a man examine. Let a woman examine themselves. Any sin that may be in their lives that they're holding on to, and treating lightly the blood of the Lord that was poured out for them. Middle of verse thirty-six. That all that is in the house may not be made unclean, and afterward the priest shall go and examine the house, and he shall examine the plague. And indeed, if the plague is on the walls of the house with ingrained streaks, greenish or reddish, which appear to be deep in the wall, some kind of mildew or something here. Verse thirty-eight. Then the a priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days, and the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. And indeed, if the plague is spread on the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they uh, take away the stones in which is in the plague. They shall cast them into an unclean place outside the city. He shall cause the house to be scraped inside all around, and the dust that they scrape off shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. By the way, there's all these services that charge an arm and a leg, which out there, which will cleanse the mildew in your house. Mildew can be a, 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 an incredibly, a, incredible health hazard. But you're getting the same picture here. Oops. Whoop. Am I on? All right, okay. It can be an incredible health hazard, but here you see the same thing. They're scraping these houses. Verse 42, Then they shall take other stones and put them in place of those stones, and he shall take um, other mortar and plaster the house. Now if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he has taken away the stones, after he has scraped the house, after he has plastered, then the priest shall come and look. And indeed... If the plague is spread in the house, it is an act of leprosy in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, its stone, its timbers, and all the plaster of the house. And he shall carry them outside the city to an unclean place. Moreover, he who goes into the house at all while it is shut up shall be unclean until evening. And he who lies down in the house shall wash his clothes. And he who eats in the house shall wash his clothes. But if the priest comes in and examines it, and indeed the plague has not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce his, the house clean because the plague is healed. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, cedar wood, scarlet and hyssop, and he shall kill one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water, and he shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water and sprinkle the house seven times, and he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the scarlet wood, the hyssop and the scarlet. Same there, references to the cross there, same allusions there. 
Verse 53, then he shall let the living bird loose outside the city in the open field and make atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for any leprosore scale, for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, for a swelling and a scab and a bright spot to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. And so in addition to, again, what we discussed of sort of the sanitary and health reasons for all this, they were to, the Israelites were supposed to be a separate people. They were a protected people. Again, just the, the importance of seeing in our own life with leprosy being a picture of sin uh, throughout the, the Bible. And we had communion this morning. Again, the same principle of examining ourselves. Someone came up to me after the service and they said, Someone told me that it's, uh, you know, at one time you said when you sin, it's like crucifying Jesus all over again. Well, I, and I said, well, yeah, I was teaching through Hebrews, and it's either chapter 6 or chapter 10, where there's, there is, are these wonderful pictures in those chapters about how serious sin is. And in a way, you're insulting, you're trampling on the cross, and it's, it's like... But by your persistent sin, it's like you're insistent, insisting on, on Jesus getting back on the cross. And it's, it's a very serious, serious thing. And so again, that's why in, in communion, but really it's, it's, it's good to do this in our devotion time. This talks about destroying a whole home if the plague of sin is there. And in our own, in our own life, is there something that I've led into my home? Is there some kind of entertainment? Is there something that's just lying around? Is there something on the wall? That it, like leprosy, is, is just infectious and it's, and, and it's, it's just going to, um, it, it's just going to, it, it's going to spread if I don't do something about it. it it's so important for us to do that, just that, the biblical teaching of being ruthless to eradicate sin in our lives because we can't compartmentalize it and anytime sin is let um, we, we, we just sort of let it go it spreads and so the importance of that and so a picture of our own lies. Again, we see examine, 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 examine. Not to go into condemnation, no. In fact, these verses are very clear. We, that there is a whole ritual that points to the cross for a leper who has been cleansed. We're all lepers who have been cleansed, but it's just important that we continue this process of opening ourselves up to God being vulnerable. Okay, Lord, what is it? Is there something um, in me that needs to be um, eradicated? Psalm 139, verse 23, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. 
and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay. So, as we always have, I'm going to end in prayer at this, at this time. And just for the next seven or eight minutes, we just want to get in uh, groups of four or five. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. So why don't you do that now? If you can get in groups of four and five, I will lead us in prayer.